Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with part two on the message of rest, R-E-S-T. Well, you know, God designed us that we need heavy doses of rest. God designed our bodies so that they would take every night and fall asleep so that our body could restore itself. Well, I love God's Word, and I love what the Bible says about this subject of rest. As a matter of fact, I found over 80 passages in the Bible that talk about rest. And so we need to rest. And I know sometimes we feel like, Superman, I don't need any rest. I'm going to keep plowing through. And and I know sometimes that uh, you've got to sacrifice some sleep because of things that happen in your life. If you're a mom listening to me, I tell you what, you go a lot of times without getting the sleep that you need, and you do it because of love for your baby that wakes you up in the middle of the night. And then if you got a teenager, uh, sometimes your teenagers will keep you up at night because they're out doing things that uh, you're not sure what they're doing, but you're concerned about them. But listen, I want to let you know, God wired us so that we could have times of rest. Well, we're looking at Matthew chapter 11, And as we look at Matthew chapter 11, Jesus gives a prayer. And this is where we're going to spell out the word rest. And in this prayer, Jesus says, Matthew 11, beginning at 25, he says in his prayer, Father, Lord of heaven, Lord of earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and are revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Now, Jesus here is just finished talking about the judgment that was going to take place for the unbelievers uh, and the judgment they were going to face. Now he's going to give some spiritual insight, and he's saying, I'm thankful to the Lord my God because he has revealed some things to those who know Christ. You see, we look at rest differently. We don't just look at rest as a cessation from labor. For the believer, rest is actually part of our worship. On the seventh day, God rested after he made creation. And he set aside that day, the Sabbath day, which in the New Testament becomes Sunday, as a day of worship, a day of sacred rest. And so God designed it that way. And he says most people don't even look at it like from that angle. But here in the United States, we used to have a high regard for that day of rest. Do you remember the blue laws? I think some states may still have some remnants of the blue laws intact. It was basically shops and stores and things were closed on Sunday uh, so that families could have a day together as a family and have a day of rest and worship together as a family. There's a few remnant of these laws in some states still left. Uh, where they won't sell alcohol during certain hours on Sunday, kind of as a respect to those who remember that first day of the week to refresh and kind of way of honoring that day of rest. So when we look at this subject, Jesus says, my father has entrusted everything to me. Nobody knows the son except the father, and nobody truly knows the father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So I've got to give you a little tidbit of information here. When we look at this subject, non-believers are going to have a little bit of a struggle understanding why we understand rest as not only needed and necessary, 
but also a holy part, a sacred part of the life of a believer. Uh, Remember on the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So that day of rest is not just a cessation from work, but it's also a time of worship, recognizing the holiness of God and acknowledging the fact that he has given me the strength to work for six days, and he's asking me to give one day to rest with him. That's why that day set apart, that Sabbath day, is essential. We learned yesterday that that word Sabbath is a word that is designed uh, with the mindset of giving us that time to recreate, that time to have rest. So let's look at the rest of this passage. We're down now to verse number 28. Then Jesus said, he concluded his prayer, that prayer of thanksgiving, that thanked God for the fact that he had given him people that were following him and revealing to them things that those who were not believers didn't understand. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, all of you who are carrying a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Uh, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Uh, So we learned yesterday, first of all, that rest gives us an opportunity to be restoring our health, restoring and recreating our minds. Uh, So rest is a time of recreation. That word rest, the Hebrew word is sabbat. It means to cease from work, but it also means to worship, to keep it holy. After six days, God rested, and on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work that he had made. So we learned yesterday that rest stands for times to be restored. We also learned yesterday that letter E stands for times of encouragement. Uh, So we made a distinction between physically worn down and emotionally worn down. When Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, he's talking about those who are physically exhausted. When he says, come to me, all who are carrying heavy loads, he's talking about those who are emotionally burdened, spiritually burdened, that type of burden that you can feel it, but you can't see it. And now we get down to the letter S. The letter S I put for study. Jesus said, learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble. I am gentle of heart and you will find rest for your souls. Now, the Division of Sleep Medicine at Harvard explains the quantity and the quality of sleep has a profound impact on our ability to learn. It has a big impact on our ability to remember. Our research suggests that sleep helps learning and memory by giving us two different distinct benefits. First of all, a person who is sleep-deprived, they can't focus attention. They can't have that optimal focus, and so therefore, they cannot learn efficiently. Have you ever gone to church and, and had a hard time staying awake during the message? Well, uh, if you're sleep deprived, you're going to have a hard time 
focusing on what the pastor has to say to you that morning because you are sleep deprived. So maybe you ought to get an extra hour of sleep on Saturday night so that you can be more focused on Sunday morning. You know, I intentionally, uh, because my Sabbath day is, is usually on Saturday, I intentionally try to keep Saturdays more low-key because I've discovered that if I am pushing it too hard on Saturday, doing a lot of physical work on Saturday, uh, running a busy day on Saturday, I feel it on Sunday. Now, especially as I've gotten older, I've noticed this, especially as I'm doing that second sermon, right? That second message, I feel like I run out of steam, all because I didn't take some time of rest on Saturday in preparation for Sunday. So when we're sleep deprived, we can't focus our attention, and therefore we cannot learn effectively. In other words, we're not getting the full impact of the message that God has for us because we are not yoked up with him. Sleep also has a role in the memory that we have. And this is essential. When you're tired, you ever realize you become more forgetful when you're tired? Uh, that brain is running slower and you tend to forget things. You know, because your memory is slipping, it also impacts the ability to learn new information. Uh, so when we get the rest that we need, when we get the, the sleep that we need, we have a better memory and we have the better ability to focus. So Jesus says, yoke up with me. In other words, take this yoke that I have. And I think about a yoke, right? Uh, you ever watch a football game and uh, an athlete is down on the field. He's, he's become injured. And so they go over there. The medical team goes over there. And they literally yoke up with that injured person. You may have seen them where they kind of help above the, if he's hurt his foot or whatever, and he kind of hobbles, and he's in the middle of two people that he's yoked up with. Those two people that he's yoked up with are helping him to navigate off the field. Jesus says, listen, I know you're exhausted. I know you're beat down. I know you're worn down. You're worn to a frazzle. You may even be injured because you have overextended yourself. But I want to yoke up with you. That yoking up with him is not him adding a burden onto us. It is us placing a burden onto him. He says, take my yoke upon you, yoke up with me. And when you do that, he's carrying that weight. He says, and when I'm carrying that weight, then you can rest. But in this time of resting, I'm going to teach you something. I've noticed often as they carried an injured player off the field. Uh, the people that are yoked up, they're talking to him, right? And I think they're always giving him words of encouragement. Said, listen, listen, I know you're down, but we're going to get you the help that you need. We're going to take you back here to the locker room. We've got a doctor that's going to be there. I uh, could take an x-ray of you. And uh, we're going to tell you what we're going to do to help you get through this injury. Uh, they're encouraging that person. They're teaching that person. Jesus does the same thing to us. He says, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle. Now, I promise you, when they carry that injured player out the field, uh, he's not getting a stern lecture. He's not getting a lecture. Why in the world did you do that crazy play? Uh, you set yourself up to being hurt. None of that is brought up. Now, maybe later on they'll talk about that. But at the time of that recovery from injury, it is humble. It is gentle. And what does Jesus say? He says, you will find rest for 
your souls. So we've learned so far today that we need rest because rest is times of restoration, times for our mind to be recreating uh, and, and becoming more involved in great imagination. We've learned, letter E, that rest provides times of encouragement because we, we are emotionally driven to and, and filled with anxiety. And so uh, we need that encouragement to keep going and not be wearying well-doing for in due season. We shall reap if we do not faint. We're encouraged to hang in there, take a time of rest, right? And oftentimes we think about quitting, and there's nothing wrong with thinking about quitting. Just don't do it, right? Think about it, but don't do it. Think about it, get some rest, and then come back and, and keep staying in the game. And then we learned that it's time to learn. Let the Lord teach you some things in those times of rest. You know, my wife is a teacher, and she's an amazing teacher. And sometimes she'll have a class filled with ADHD students. I mean, they're bouncing off the walls, and, and she says, okay, I tell you what we're going to do. The best thing for us to do is we're going to take a recess, and we're going to let you go outside. We're going to let you burn off all that energy. And then when I've worn you down a little bit, then, uh, then I can teach you something. But right now, you're so full of yourself and filled with nonsense, I can't teach you a thing. Right, so they send them out there for a recess, let them play for 15, 20 minutes, wear them down a little bit, bring them back in, and then all of a sudden they are ready for the lesson. You know, God does the same thing for us. Uh, Sometimes he allows us to be running hard so that we will stop and we will learn from him. Well, there's one last letter we got to cover, and this is the letter T in rest, and that is trusting God. Jesus said, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Don't you love that? He's not going to give you a heavy burden. He's going to give you a light burden. You know, as I think about the burdens that he places upon us, if you have no burden placed upon you, you're going to become flabby and lazy, and and we need some burdens placed upon us. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you a light burden. I'm going to allow you to trust me to carry the brunt of this weight. So when we yoke up with Jesus, he is the strength behind that yoke. He is carrying the majority of the weight of that yoke. And he is asking us to team up with him. And as we have this burden with him that's light, then we're able to trust him. You know, when you're yoked up with somebody, if I can go back to the analogy of the injured football player, you know, when he's yoked up with somebody, uh, he is not deciding the direction that they're going in. Uh, No, no, no. He's going to go wherever those two guys that he's yoked up with are going to bring him. They're going to probably bring him back to the locker room, or if he's seriously injured, uh, they're going to bring him directly to to the ambulance and And he doesn't have a whole lot of say into where he is going. He's yoked up with somebody who is giving him direction, uh, somebody who is carrying the brunt of his weight, and that person is guiding them. Jesus does the same thing for us. He guides us as we yoke up with him. Well, I think as we look at the significance of rest, you know, back in the 1800s, there was an Oregon Trail that was going across our country, and the, 
the Oregon Trail taught pioneers this very important lesson about rest. It was in May of 1853 that Phoebe and her husband, Holden Justin, joined a covered wagon train near Kansas City, Missouri. They were hoping to reach the Washington Territory by mid-October. Now, this was a distance of more than 2,000 miles over the rough Oregon Trail. Well, like all wagon trails, they elected a captain. Now, this captain was the one uh, who would know what was going on, would know the direction they wanted to go, and he was the one that his word was going to be the law. Well, this particular group decided to elect a pastor, a guy by the name of Reverend Gustavus Hines. And they were surprised when, when he began leading them on that very first Saturday night as they were traveling. He got everybody together and he announced that the train would never travel on Sundays. Well, Phoebe and her husband were shocked. They had to go halfway across the continent, and they were going at a very slow pace. I mean, they're going the pace of an oxen, maybe 15 miles a day. If they were on a good trail, maybe 20 miles a day. They had mountains to go over. They had rivers to cross ahead of them. And so she and her husband began to fume. Why are we taking a day off? We're losing precious amount of time. One family deserted the train altogether out of frustration and joined another. On that first Sunday, while they stood still, resting, one train after another passed them by. They started out again on Monday, only to reach their first river cross on Tuesday evening. A long line of wagons stretched out ahead of them, waiting for that single ferry to take them and cross the river. They waited for three days. On Saturday, they resumed their journey, only to be told that they would still rest the whole next day on Sunday. Well, Phoebe and her husband, they were livid. They had absolutely no understanding why they were stopping. To her, this made no sense whatsoever. Within a few weeks later, she began to see scores of dead oxen, dead mules, dead horses along the trail. You see, they had been driven so relentlessly, they had collapsed and they had died. She grudgingly admitted that perhaps the animals needed a day of rest. A few weeks later, she began to see scores of more oxen dead and more horses dead. They were driven so hard that they never had a chance for a rest. She admitted that maybe the men needed some rest too, since they walked most of the time. Then she slowly began to notice. As they took a day of rest, they worshiped together, they ate together, they rested, and they even played together on Sundays. It had a remarkable effect upon everybody's spirits. There was less grumbling and more cooperation. She even noticed that they seemed to make better time on the other six days. Finally, what totally sold her on the value of the Sabbath happened one Sunday evening. 
the family that had deserted them at the beginning of the trip came limping into their campsite, humbling asking if they could rejoin the group. You see, she had assumed that they were at least a week ahead. In fact, they had fallen far behind. Their own wagon train had broken down. Of course, they welcomed them back. And so it happened that they reached their destination in plenty of time as friends and and out of the 50 head of cattle that they took with them when they began the trip, only two were lost along the way. Along with her husband, Holden Justin, she founded the city of Linden, Washington. In 1886, she started a school called Northwest Normal School, which later became Washington, Western Washington University. You see, rest doesn't slow down your production. Rest, when done properly and done consistently, actually increases your production. They've done study after study, uh, watching people work seven days a week versus people working six days a week. They don't see an increase of production. As a matter of fact, I have a list of companies who believe in giving their employees one day off a week. Uh, You're familiar with companies like Chick-fil-A and and others who give their employees one day a week so that they can rest and they can be with their families and so that they can worship. You know, there's something about rest. Every one of us needs times of rest. Uh, So here's my challenge in the closing moments that we have. This week, I want you to be intentional about getting rest. And so I just spelled out the word rest, and we learned that a letter R stands for restoration. When we rest, our minds restore themselves, our bodies regenerate, we are restored as we have times of rest. We also learned letter E, that when we come to Christ, carrying that heavy load and we yoke up with him, he encourages us. We are told that we should not become weary in our well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. Now, notice that phrase, in due season. There is a season for rest. There is a season for harvest. In due season, you shall reap if you do not faint. I discovered by taking times of rest, my soul is encouraged. And then we learned that letter S. Letter S stands for study. You see, we learn something during our times of rest. Jesus said, let me teach you. But he can't teach you until you slow down. And then we learn the letter T. That is trusting God. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden that I give you is light. Well, let me spell out rest a different way. And here's my challenge for you this week. Letter R, in your times of rest, rehearse God's word. Spend some time in prayer, rehearsing and regurgitating the word of God over and over again. You'll find that your soul will be refreshed. And in letter E, I would say spend some time as you're resting, engaging with God's creation. You know, God's given us a wonderful place to live. The Hampton Roads area is a beautiful place to live. I wanted you to drive down to the beach and walk around and look at the beautiful oceanfront at Virginia Beach or, or drive out to the Outer Banks. Just enjoy God's beautiful creation. Go outside and go to the western part of the state and uh, go out to the Blue Ridge Parkway and, and just look at God's beautiful creation. His handiwork is all over his creation. 
So in our times of rest, we should be engaging with God's creation, not worshiping his creation. We worship the creator for giving us such a beautiful creation. And then letter S. That would stand for sleep. Sleep in peace. You know, some nights I have a hard time sleeping. And so I say a little prayer. I said, now, Lord, you neither slumber nor sleep. Now, you're going to be up all night uh, tonight anyway, because you don't need to sleep, but I do need to sleep. And so uh, since you're going to be up all night tonight anyway, Lord, I'm going to give all my problems to you. I cast my care upon him, and then I can sleep. And then letter T. This is the big one, right? Letter T would be turn off media. Uh, Listen, I think every one of us ought to consider doing a day of fasting from media, maybe once a week. No social media for one day a week. That's my day of rest. Well, thank you so much for joining me today in this broadcast. I would love to pray for you. My phone number, if you want to shoot me a text, is 252-267-2365. Thank you so much for joining me today. God bless you. I look forward to talking with you tomorrow. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.